Delulu besties, welcome. This is a safe space to vent, talk shit, reflect, and most importantly, keep it real. It's better to trauma dump here so that we don't explode on innocent randos. Just, Just admit, admit it, it. You're, you're bothered. bothered. What's up, Delulu besties? Welcome back to another episode of Balancing the Bullshit. Y'all, we barely made it here. I thought Danny was about to quit our entire podcast. I almost ended it all. I was like, this close. It has been the biggest (laughs) struggle. But now we're here. We're so excited. We're here for good. Yeah, we're kind of shook. We figured out the mic situation. We're officially tech wizards. (laughs) We just accidentally figured this out. I can't tell you how hard this has been. Like, what a journey this has been. What We're five weeks in. And we have bought... So many different pieces of equipment. <laughs> We've spent like hundreds of dollars on equipment yes. that just doesn't work. We just buy new shit every week. We yeah. have no idea what we're buying. Yeah. Like, Let's we try just it. like we spend like hours work. Googling. We're like, okay, we need this. We go buy it. It doesn't work. We do it. <laughs> and it's just like it's been the repeating cycle yeah. for five weeks. Today it was like, fuck this, fuck you, computer. <laughs> I was literally just screaming and cussing. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. I thought the podcast was such a great idea, and I just was like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going home. <laughs> Except we were at your home. <laughs> we were actually at my house, so I had nowhere to go. So it was just like, I couldn't get away. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he can't leave. This is my entire life now. This I is know. giving me so much fulfillment. No, same. So and that's why I was, that's why I was like so upset about it. It's because uh, I love it so much. We just can't figure it out. But we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have and audio. Our mics are so good. I wish you guys like could hear me without the mic. Sorry if I sound like a scratchy old dying like, man. Like a dying cat. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But I think the mics are so good that like y'all might not even be able to tell. I woke up today and my voice was just gone. I told her that better not be a sign from the universe that we need to like yeah, quit the podcast. Anyway, he was like, fuck you, computer. Then he was like, this is a sign. Your <laughs> voice isn't working. We just need to quit. I was like, I was going through it, but, but we made it. So we learned a lesson from all of this. <sighs> yeah. I hate technology. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I learned. Well, and maybe once you say fuck this, like maybe oh, yes. lose the optimism. Just maybe for, just give up. Give up. Forget about all your hopes and dreams. Yeah, and then. Have low expectations. Expectations. Yeah, and then it'll just work then, out. Yeah, and then it works. Because <laughs> all the previous weeks, Danny and I would get excited. Like, we would buy some new random shit, blow another $100. Okay, it's going to work this time for sure. And then it wouldn't. And then our disappointment would be that just, like, so much worse. Yeah, so fuck optimism. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what we're saying. <laughs> just being negative, Nancy. <laughs> okay, so Karen, we need updates on your boyfriend, question mark, <laughs> that we talked about last time. Like, I don't know. What's going on? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> First of all, like, how did we ever get here? Right. So the guy that I keep talking about that I've been dating, I don't know. Somehow it just escalated. I mean, I guess things have been progressing like a normal dating situation would. Mm-hmm. But then this past weekend, he kept trying to bring up the conversation and i just kept like trying to avoid it what did he say you're the best at that <laughs> i one point he was like well you know i really like you and i was like i know you didn't say back no he just said i know yeah and, and i think i could tell he was like trying to get the conversation going having the serious talk mm-hmm. but i just shut it down so then he tried again later. He was like, oh, well, I just want you to know I'm not seeing any other girls. I'm really only interested in you. And I was like, well, yeah, good. I would chop your <laughs> dick off if you weren't. No. <laughs> You're first. <laughs> just like messing with him. Yeah. yeah. And also just trying to avoid the conversation. Yeah, with like, like humor. And then he finally just forced the conversation in and just was very assertive and pretty much was like. I do love that he communicates, though. Like, True. Yes. This is better than having someone that is not telling you how they feel about you kind of leaving you hanging being made a little distant whatever i was thinking all that i was like wow this guy actually likes me he actually wants to meet my friends he even was like i was telling him my mom's like she's such a crackhead like i forgot what i was saying about her but it was something funny and he was like i want to meet your mom and i was like wow somebody who i'm not scaring away right yeah and okay so then when he like forced me to have the conversation i just was like well listen like I've been pretty close to being engaged several times now and so I just don't want to go through that again people are at different stages when they enter relationships mm-hmm. like if you haven't ever been in a relationship before then you're probably not the best at communicating there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. in relationships and every time you like get better at communicating and opening yourself up emotionally I've had pretty serious relationships so I'm at the point where 
I know the next relationship I get into, I'm not going to half-ass it. It is going to be serious. And I just yeah. don't want to put myself or somebody else through that. If it, I'm not saying... I'm not going to date you unless we're going to get married because obviously like whatever yeah, happens happens. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to go with the flow. But unless I really like someone and I'm serious about it, I just don't want to put somebody through that. Like with the previous times where the guys would be like, okay, the next step in the relationship is engagement. And like we talk about marriage and then that's when I'd be like, oh wait, like I thought we were just friends hanging out who make out sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's how I am too. I used to just get into a relationship with someone. Yeah, like, with, oh, I think you're hot. Yeah, Whatever. like there was no plan. Not that you like need a plan, but you know what I mean? There's no thought behind it. No me thinking, oh, are we actually a good match? It's like, yes. let me date and get close to this person and just see what happens and just hope it works out. And it, I think that's what yeah. I'm trying to say because like obviously you're going to get close to the person. So yeah, if there are like any red flags that you overlook in the beginning, if you're not good at communicating, then once you're attached to each other, then it just becomes so tumultuous. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to put myself or anybody else through that again. Right. Like you need to be as close to 100% sure as you can be. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I told him that, which I feel like any other guy would have said that to would have ran away so quickly, you know, because it's like scary and serious. And then he was like, well, I want to be in a relationship. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what is that? What is that word? <laughs> he was like, like, I want to be boyfriend, girlfriend. And I was like, oh, no, no, not, not the too word. Soon. That's well, really scary. It's only been like a month, right? Or yeah, two? Yeah, a month. It's too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I told him that was scary and he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like agreeing but he's like i'm still sticking around yeah, yeah that's pretty much what he said oh i think that's sweet though yeah he's sweet okay i like to think that i'm very straight up but this is not the first time that i get this type of feedback from a guy he was like i can't even tell if you like me sometimes because like i'm kind of mm. mean to him but i think it's funny and it, like i always call him an old man but like that's what i'm looking for not an actual old man like i don't Maybe, yeah, but know. someone who's like mature yes. and like kind of like a like an older soul, like a yes. settled down. Yeah, because I know like we're old souls. If not, we wouldn't be having these wise, mature yeah. conversations. So I find it attractive, but I also just fuck with him, and I'm like, "You're an old man." So can I ask you? Obviously, you probably flirts with you a lot. Like, yeah, he beautiful and like all yeah. this stuff. Do you flirt with him? I don't know what you're like in relationships. Are you like a sweet? How do you Talking? flirt? <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like you are. I like, don't know how to I'm do that. You were, like, flirting with someone, and I'm honestly like Ew, that makes cringing. me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how do you show like your affection? Oh shit! Maybe he was right. <laughs> maybe I don't. I guess I thought the fact that I'm even hanging out, that I'm showing up at his house, I'm giving him the time of day. That well, to yeah. me was. You're not like a PDA person. Ew, no. So, you're, like your love languages, do you know what they are? Yes, because I made Don look them up when I was trying to force him into a relationship with me. Yeah. Wait, what were they? Uh, words of affirmation is okay. one of mine. Which that's I, one of mine also. Yeah. But that's like what I need. So he does give me, he's always like telling me I'm beautiful, but like I don't give that to him. Yeah, true. So I guess Wait. we would need to know what his so are. You would need to know what his and are. Then if that's I'm like doing what them. would make more, what more sense. What's your other, if you had to pick a second one, because usually people do a top two. So yeah. there's like physical touch quality time uh access quality service, time i think quality, that was my I other think those one are probably mine too which makes sense because that's how i saw it like i'm spending quality time with you that means i like you yeah and also let's be honest it's totally normal to be like very flirty sweet at like the beginning of a relationship but like i'm learning that it's more healthy to not do that right away. Calling someone babe, flirting, whatever is fine, but like it's a little similar soon. to love bombing. A little bit, yeah, and it's it's a little too soon. Like you're not like I don't like, know you. You don't really know them, and you're setting up this this expectation, and that you do know them, and this is how you feel about them. But if you don't know them that well, especially the first month, a few months that can totally change yeah and i feel like that that's what gets you what we're talking about on the last episode it'll get you into like a high like high anxiety performance because you're like it's like a rush of emotions because you're like oh he's calling me babe oh my god i'm falling in love so fast and so you can't even think clearly because you're on like high anxiety and then yeah it's, like you said once it goes downhill then you're like oh i didn't think this through in the beginning yeah and this is exactly what happened with the guy that we talked about last week, the one that I dated for a week, a week and a half, and it was like so <laughs> stressful and anxiety-inducing. Oh, wow. I know, ridiculous. <laughs> it started off with us being like so flirty, just like being sweet and stuff. That was contributing to my anxiety like big time. You yeah, know, red I was flags. like, yeah. I mean, 
we had just set the standard, I guess, at the very beginning, like, this is, this is how we feel about each other. And this is like yeah. already so serious, but like a week, like days, even like, it, yeah, so fast. and it's so easy to get carried away with that because, you know, we want it's exciting. to feel, yeah, like that dopamine rush that yeah. it gives you, but the best relationships I'm convinced. And, you know, I've seen it in real life too, is going to come from someone you like, it's a slow burn. Okay. I forgot. We actually talked about this during that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And this, when he was like, I just can't even tell if you like me or not or whatever. And he was like, you know, when I first met you and I approached you at the dog park, you wouldn't even make eye contact with me. Mm, I, I, was, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't be bothered. But yeah, it was a very slow burn because then after I gave him my number, he waited a week, you know, and then he called me. He didn't even text me. He first called me to ask me out on a first date. And then after that, he would only send me cute pictures of his dog. But mm-hmm. the texting was so minimal. Like, he would only ever text me, like, to set up the next day and to be like, hey, okay, I'm going to come pick you up this mm-hmm. time. We don't text all the time. And I was like, and I was explaining all of this to him. Usually, like, I'm on high anxiety when I'm dating and it's exciting at first, but then I get what I want and then it very quickly I'm over it because yeah. then like, I'm wine and dined the and rush then is gone. the rush yeah. is gone. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait, now that I see your personality, I actually don't yeah. like it. Where I was like, with you, I love my life. I am in such a good place and I worked so hard to get here. I have my hobbies. Like, I don't need you. I don't need this attention from a guy. So, like, yeah, had it come my way, I would have probably gone excited. Exactly what I said. Like, mm-hmm. I would have been wine and dine. It would have been exciting and then I would have been over it. But, like, it's been very slowly. Like, you've been giving me space to breathe. And when he was like, well, what do you like about me? I was like, obviously, there's a lot of superficial things. Like, yes, I think you're hot. I'm attracted to you, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing, which I don't think I would have been able to feel this had it not been like a very slow progression where he's just not immediately bombarding my life. I was like, I feel for literally the first time in my entire life, I feel calm and safe and secure with you and confident. Like, I'm not like, you know, when is he going to text me again? Second guessing if you like me or not. Like, I don't care. And it's because you've given me so much space from the beginning for me to continue living my own life that I'll hang out with you and then whatever I go on with my life that sounds that so amazing sense? yes it makes perfect sense Ugh, yeah like I want that eventually You'll that's exactly it. what I've been missing with all of the past relationships so yes. yeah it you need that security and that and like you introduced them to your friends yeah. this week and this past weekend, right? How did that go? I think it went great. I haven't talked to them because it was just yesterday. So I wonder what they thought of him, but he fit in great. Obviously, like I'm not flirty. I'm also not going to babysit you. So I didn't even introduce him, not on purpose, but I just walked in and then was like bouncing off the walls, talking to everybody, doing yeah. my own thing. I didn't even introduce him to anyone. And he did a great job at just fitting right in, inserting himself. Yeah, and very like, important. Being able to like handle yourself in social situations yes. around your other's significant other's friends huge. is like a huge deal too and yeah. and yeah and so you didn't feel like i didn't have didn't, to take care of him yeah or... and like it wasn't like uh disturbance or anything like you were still there enjoying yourself he wasn't, wasn't like cramping your style okay, yeah. yeah yeah this is all great stuff yeah. yeah and i i guess my just advice for you continue to let it be a slow burn yeah a month is still not a lot of time like i agree i i never was this kind of person I always thought believed in like love at first sight and like it would happen fast and like when you know you know and, you know I think that works for some people but like I think for me and like the type of partner I'm looking for it's not going to be that way it's gonna be like maybe even a friendship this is something yes. more of our life coaches like really opened my eyes up to is try with a friendship first yeah. if possible like I know it's really hard and yeah I'm just to me, that sounds so much more healthy and yes, like organic. And I like, agree. Yeah. And even this guy, the one that I talked about in the last episode where we, you know, dated for a week and a half and it was like moving so fast. Like we actually hung out as friends this past weekend, which was amazing. And I'm not saying like, I think he's going to be a great friend. I don't like expect anything to happen, but like if, you know, a relationship were to grow some way like that, I think that, that would, would be, be way so more much, promising. Yeah. Than just like jumping in from the beginning. Yeah. And, and then you could know that you actually trust him because you've really gotten to know him. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. And yeah. And another thing I was like getting to know someone in a friendship way like that first, like if there are any red flags or things that you maybe don't love so much about the person, you can see how they handle that over time. It could be something you you guys talk about and bring up if that's something they work on like then that's someone i would want to 
build a relationship with like more than friends. And yeah. It's something, something that like, oh, okay, this person, they have this quality that I'm not like obsessed with and they don't do anything to change it or like better themselves. And like, then, you know, That's like, not this someone is just you want like, to marry. Yeah. It's like, this is just a friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's so important to just be slow with this stuff. Okay. Another good thing about him is he's not an alcoholic. Oh my so God. far. Okay, again, <laughs> bar is in hell, but we're gonna take this. <laughs> we're gonna take this win. So literally, our standards are at the ground. So I actually texted Danny a couple days ago because he was coming over after work, and he was like, "Oh, I need a beer," and I was like, "Oh my God, this is triggering me." And yeah. Okay, we have to talk about the next. Why it's so triggering? Yeah. Well, we just have like both of us have been with guys that have you know had uh, a little bit of an alcohol problem, or just like yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Not alcoholics, one. but like yeah. But yeah yeah, it's concerning. <laughs> concerning. And so I was like, oh, there's a ton of beer in my fridge, like left over. So you can have it all. And then after I said that, I sent the screenshot <laughs> to Danny. Screenshot, and I was like, like, okay, this is a test. We're going to see how this goes. I'm really nervous. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, come on, we're rooting for you. Like, please don't let us down. <laughs> I was nervous too. I was like, I was basically waiting by my phone. Just waiting for you to text me back. I was like, so did he take it? <laughs> Literally. Okay. So it happened a few months ago, like a month ago. I don't know, whenever the last guy that I dated Oh, where do we oh, begin God. with all of this? Yeah. Let's oh. start with the alcohol part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, another thing we learned from this is you're no longer going to offer guys alcohol that you're seeing. You're only going <laughs> to offer them, like, tea and, like... Literally. Like, orange juice. Yes. And, like, very wholesome drinks. Yes, and no more alcohol. No more alcohol is available. But, the, okay, so the guy about... The previous guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell us about him. <laughs> yeah, God that was kind of crazy. Okay, so... This is like when it all blew up. I'll go back to the beginning in a second. But I had a bar cart full of alcohol because we I used to do promos in my early 20s, like alcohol promos. And so I would always get free mm -hmm. alcohol bottles. So I would just leave them in my bar cart. They've literally traveled with me to every They've apartment. They've been saying for like years. Yes. Yeah. And I haven't touched it. Like, what am I going to sit at home by myself and drink whiskey? <laughs> what the fuck? I'm right. not drinking hard liquor. Yeah. So, yeah, they've just been there forever. And this guy, it took me a while to catch on. He would come over. There was always excuses, but like, I was like, whatever. I didn't really think of it until this last time. But for example, one time he came over, it was the middle of the day, like a Wednesday or Tuesday, something like in the work day. He was like, Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Let me stop by and say hi. And then he said he was going to go meet up with a coworker after he was leaving my apartment just to hang out. And then he was like, Oh, can I take a shot from your bar cart? Because this guy's kind of a lot. And like, I just, yeah, I just need a shot. I was like, yeah, whatever. And that's then, like, that's very questionable behavior to me. Like, I, I can't believe that you didn't catch on right away. I know. You were just like, that's a normal thing. Like, <laughs> taking a shot in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. Yeah, no, now looking back. Okay, and when you say it like that, it yeah. is really weird, but... I don't know. It was so casual that I don't know. I don't know. Well, how we did come means. from the college we went to. It was a yeah. huge party school. We and drank I met a him lot through partying. Yeah, so like you had that association with him. So it was probably maybe that's not why. super weird. But yeah, that's yeah, still weird. to be like thirty and yeah, no. literally. I think he's a little bit older than thirty. Like yeah, 30 no. and thirty-two. So then, like another day, we were at Barton Springs, which you can't take any alcohol there. You just lay out and swim mm -hmm. and natural springs. It's so nice. And then afterwards, he was like, "Oh, I'm hungry. Let's go get food." And he was like, "Oh, are you gonna get a drink with your food?" And I wasn't playing on it, but I was like, "Okay, yeah, I guess I'll just order a margarita, whatever." And he was like, "Yeah, I'll get a drink too." He ordered a beer and a glass of still whiskey and then just chugged the whiskey Ugh. immediately. I was like, what are you doing? It's not like we had been drinking at <laughs> like all. It's like not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, we just came back from such a peaceful, like, zen day. What the fuck? Yeah. And even then I was like, okay, that was a little weird, but whatever. And then... When I finally caught on was at my apartment. So it had already been several times that he was at my apartment and he was like, let me take a shot. And I'm just always doing my own thing. So I didn't pay attention, but I'm sure he took more than one shot. And I had already been like, what I just said, oh, these bottles have been sitting here forever. Help yourself to whatever. I don't care what you drink. I'm not going to drink it. It just sits here. And so then he was like, oh, well, I'll take whatever you want off your hands. And even still, I did not think about it. I was like, well, you know what? I probably have too many bottles. Like, mm. It looks a little bit trashy. And I don't think that's a weird thing. Coming from, depending on who it's coming from. Like, oh, like, 
Well, he did ask, right? Yeah. yeah. If it's I a mean, best friend, it wouldn't be yeah, weird. Yeah, you don't but... know him that well. Yeah. But even then, I was like, okay, yeah, give me away free alcohol. Like, I do that too. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like a super. I didn't think. But, but knowing him now, it's it's weird. Yeah. Or it would, you can see why it was an issue. Yes, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> then the next day, he FaceTimes me in the middle of a work day. He is blackout drunk at like 2 p.m., sitting Wild. in the dark in his bedroom by himself. I was like, what the fuck yeah, are you doing? And then that's when it all hit me. And I was like, I just enabled an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got drunk off the bottle. You gave him. Oh, God. In the yeah. middle of the day in a dark room. That's so weird. That's just depressing, too. He looked really <sighs> sad. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Ew. There's a <laughs> there's a lot of demons in there. <laughs> Skeletons, whatever you want to call them. Should we talk about how it all started at that in the beginning of that month? Wait, oh yes, we get but just tell I love the story about the pledge. Oh god, <laughs> it's just funny. so cringe. Yeah. Okay. So this guy was in a fraternity a few weeks into us dating. We're trying to come up with a new date to go on. And we he was like, what do you want to do out of all these things? So I want to do a winery. But it's like, I think it was in Green. So it's about like, what, a 45, maybe hour mm. drive from Austin. So I was like, well, we can't drink and drive. And he was like, okay, well, I could just have a pledge take us. <laughs> a 30-year-old man. <laughs> talking about a pledge yeah. driving you. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And like an 18-year-old yes, boy yes. driving like 30-something-year-olds. And he had like zero social awareness. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he was responding with so much pride. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is the benefit of my fraternity. We have pledges for life. Oh, my God. I never made it to that date. Good. <laughs> that's just, first of all, that's so crazy. Can you imagine an 18-year-old boy driving me to my date? What the yeah, fuck? Like, that's not romantic. That's, that's not cute. That's so cringe. That's not romantic. It's not cute. It's, yeah, <laughs> he's living, he's still living his college years. Obviously, he's, Ew. he has, he's he not help. there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but also, <laughs> just, he's not there emotionally. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, we're, and we're not judging people who drink at all, because we drink. Yeah. Like, not a ton anymore, but like. I love we, wine. Yeah, like, uh, I love, you know, going to dinner and having a drink yeah, or, you know, going cocktail. to like, yeah, going to bar, like having a drink or two. Yeah. Um, but it's when situations like this, like with this guy where he's like, needing to take a shots during the middle of the day. And like, yeah, even after a really nice relaxing day of like being outside at Barton Springs, like he feels like he needs to like double fist it. And like, he's, like, <laughs> he's obviously like using alcohol to cope with, stuff yes exactly and that's just like that's a big red flag so that's a big red flag for us it should be for really anyone if you notice like the alcohol intake is like not on a normal level it's like yeah what are they avoiding or what are they yes. not wanting to feel and also like they're probably just uncomfortable with themselves who they are, and, who yeah. they are and alcohol numbs that and exactly so yeah. it wasn't even at all the alcohol that was the red flag to me it was everything you just said i was like if i were to be in a relationship with this guy doesn't seem like he's going to be emotionally available he's not going to be able to communicate or handle conflict he's probably insecure i don't want to deal with that no yeah i don't deserve and just, that and like that the way he doesn't deal with things, he'll just drink. Oh, can you That's imagine, like, moving in with someone like that eventually? I oh. would never be able to communicate if there's ever something that we need no. to talk about. Yeah. He's just going like, to drink about it. Yeah. And you did try to communicate with him about this, and he totally downplayed it. Yes. Like, he laughed it off. Yeah. And he just didn't think it was a big deal. Then that's even, like, uh, another double red by, like, oh, like, you can't even take accountability or like try yeah, to put yourself that was a turn off. Yeah. In another person's shoe. So, yeah, all around bad. I will say, Again, nothing wrong with drinking, but also my really shitty ex, the one I've talked about him before, the one we broke up in this past January, this January, he was sober and he still sucked. So it's like, <laughs> you can't really win. You just like have to find that unicorn out there that, can, you know, can, can communicate and like, okay. yeah, doesn't use alcohol as like a, a coping mechanism. Yeah. Who goes to therapy? It sounds impossible because it is. <laughs> I know. This guy that I'm dating now actually goes to therapy. Isn't that wild? What? I Did I not that. tell you that? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, no, that's huge. I know. A guy going to therapy is wild. I know. Like a straight man shook, going to therapy. Literally a straight <gasps> man. Yeah, literal okay, unicorn. I'm like, 
a hundred times more support. I already was supportive, but now I'm like, <laughs> are you in That's love? adorable. I know. Aww. And it makes sense why he's so healthy and can communicate and I feel calm and I'm not like insecure with him. Yeah. Because he's probably sure with himself. Yes. And I don't know if we even ended the story about oh. you offering to get like give him beer and we were like would he pass the test and he did oh yeah yeah because i was scared i was like if this man actually takes home all this beer i'm never talking to him again <laughs> and he passed the test yeah he only drank one beer like a normal human should on a weekday yeah and then yeah he went home <laughs> yeah oh my god as he so, should so much a huge improvement over the Frat guy. Okay, yeah, now we can go back and tell the lore, uh, like the history of oh, God. you guys, because that's a good story, too. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Okay, so on our first date, he's like, Oh, so how's your sister doing? And I was like, Huh? My sister? You don't know my sister. She lives in Dallas. We went to different schools. What are you talking about? No one knows my sister except for, like, you know, my childhood friends when we lived at the same house. And he was like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she drove a silver truck. I was like, no, she didn't. And then I was starting to get annoyed because I was like, this motherfucker is confusing me with the wrong the girl, girl on yeah. a first date. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up FaceTiming her because he kept insisting. And I was like, no, I'm going to prove him wrong and embarrass him. And then my sister is like, oh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, y'all know each other? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, you were pretty drunk that day. Y'all were both really drunk. Okay, so I guess I met him the night before because I was best friends with his little. And so I was always like partying with their fraternity. And so it was at a party. It was like towards the end of the night. I don't remember any of this, but he said I went up to him and was like, where do you live? And he said the chapter house, like the fraternity chapter house. Red so I was flag. Like, uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> That's why he has pledges driving him still. Yeah, at 30. And I invited myself over. I was like, oh, let's all have an after party. And he was like, there's no after party. <laughs> so I slept over. And then the next morning, he was like, oh, let's hang out again. Like, probably not even meaning it. Just saying it as a fuck boy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, actually, yeah, do you want to hang out today? Like a fucking psycho. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, super hungover. And I was like, okay, get dressed. My sister's actually going to be here in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. So, okay, keep going. <laughs> he gets in the truck. My sister said, we both reeked of alcohol. He's super hungover. And I'm still drunk. Because when I was like, I don't remember this. My sister was like, yeah, you were like blackout drunk the next day when I picked y'all up. She took us to a mattress store because... So, I guess she had driven up with her ex-boyfriend's truck. And we were going to move my mattress into my apartment, apparently. I really don't remember any of this. I thought all my apartments were furnished. But I mean, if my sister confirmed the story, I guess yeah. it's real. But we made Brian carry the mattress all the way up to my apartment. You made this poor man who's hungover boy. and just, boy, poor boy who's hungover and just met you the night before. Yeah. <laughs> carry a mattress for you. When he was telling me this, I was mortified, but also like, go me. <laughs> <laughs> and also probably all of this that happened, like this new dating shit that happened, it was probably his revenge on oh you. Oh my god! <laughs> Literally karma! Yeah, oh. you got your karma. I'm scared. <laughs> well, okay, so it gets worse. So... Then I go home and I'm thinking about it and I text him and I'm like, I'm so mortified. I'm so sorry that I did that to you, that I made you like carry this mattress after knowing you for five hours. And then it kind of started to hit me. I was like, wait, am I making this up? Or like, I think I remember waking up at the chapter house around Christmas time. And so I asked him the next time we hung out and he was like, yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about. And so when he first texted me, oh, hey, you've been living in Austin. I couldn't remember if this was a fuck buddy or if it was a one night stand. And so then when he confirmed that we had hung out a day before Christmas, because we neither one of us wanted to go home for Christmas because we were just having so much fun partying at Texas State. And I was like, okay, this must have been way more intimate of a situation than what I recall. Like it obviously wasn't a one night stand and then it kind of hit me more and more throughout the day so I was like wait oh my fucking god I think I cheated on my ex with this guy and yes, so because you were dating your ex who was my fraternity brother and like one of my best friends he was my roommate at the Oof. time we've talked about this in a previous episode <laughs> oh. but yes yeah. <laughs> and this is why me and Karen weren't friends 
for a long time. Yeah, Danny it was, punished me. No, and I <laughs> I was never even mad. I didn't even like I was yeah, like, oh yeah, that's shitty, but like yeah. what like we were in college. I mean it was a big deal, but it was like you know what I mean? But, it was yeah. like I wasn't like disowning you or anything, but naturally we just stopped hanging out because yeah, you know, Karen cheated. So like it would be weird <laughs> if I was still hanging out with you. You know? Yeah. But it's just kind of crazy, like this is the guy. I know. And so I didn't have any confirmation, but then I, I was like starting to put the timelines together. I was like, okay, when did I cheat on my ex? And then I asked this guy, when did you live at the chapter house? And then I was like, okay, this had to have been him. And so I was freaking out. And I was like, do I tell him? I definitely can't start out a relationship with a lie or even a friendship. Because if it were to ever come up down the line, like obviously if he ends up meeting my friends like you mm -hmm. or like we were hanging out with another one of y'all's fraternity brothers this summer and he did actually meet this guy. So I was like, it could very naturally come up like, oh, how do you know Karen? And then you'd be like, oh, well, through her ex-boyfriend. And then he would be like, wait, you had a boyfriend in college? Like, I don't know. He could figure out. I don't like to found lie. out eventually and then it's going to look really bad. Like you'd have yeah. to start off with honesty. Yes. Yeah. So... I ended up telling him, which was so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like, hey, I just want you to know I cheated on my ex with you 10 years ago, which is kind of a red flag, you know, and this should have also been a sign that he was a no-go from early yeah. on because he smirked and was so he proud was, like, of himself. Proud. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like it was with me. And he was like, that makes a lot of sense because I really liked you and I thought we were talking and then you like fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because I tried to make things work with my ex. Mm. So then he still wanted to date after that. Another red flag. Like, yeah. And like, I don't know, the universe brought him back into your life. I mean, you did learn a lot from that relationship. Like that's what really started you kind of realizing what you need and yes. want in a relationship and, and how like, to communicate how to communicate yeah because that yeah. was obviously really scary i really had to open up about my past which i just wanted to bury and i had always thought like if i ever get married i'm gonna have to obviously tell my husband like i cheated on someone before and i it was something i always wanted to bury so having to bring it up just kind of made me like let it go like okay i can move past it it's not the end of the world the right guy's not gonna hate me right yeah and also i just remember you were very excited at the beginning because you guys even before like all this cheating stuff like you guys were communicating oh, like really God. really well he was like obsessed with me and the beginning i was uh -huh. like yo if you want to make it to a first date i'm gonna need you to fuck off <laughs> god yeah what an exhausting month that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you yeah you close that chapter i feel like yeah and this is also why i'm a big believer in just going with the flow like allow whatever comes into your life just allow it in and trust that it'll be pushed out one way or another when it's time because I don't regret that month with him like we just said I learned a lot from mm -hmm. it I really grew and I feel like I ended up in a happy as a happier version of oh, myself mm -hmm. because of communicating and letting go of that past and just like not hating myself for it anymore so I got a lot from it and I think it prepared me for the I don't know, relation. Am I in a relationship? Whatever yeah, I'm no in one now. Really knows. <laughs> you are officially one of those like annoying people. They're like, we're doing everything like dating, Ew, but we're stop. not That's boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, no. <laughs> but you know what? We're gonna let it slide because yeah, you know, we, I I trust you, so <laughs> I I trust that you'll have it figured out in like the span of a month, probably. Yeah, I think so too. Because we figure and things out and learn so fast now that like I know you're not gonna stay in a unhealthy situation or something that you oh, know yeah, is not yeah. going to be like, I mean, right for you like with this previous guy even if i didn't notice the little signs early on like it will blow up in my face like if maybe if this guy isn't an alcoholic and doesn't take all my liquor home with him but like something will happen whether i want it to or not where like either it's going to fall into place or it's going to fall out of place exactly so i'm just letting it happen and that's pretty much what i told him too when he was trying to define the relationship i was like look I'm having a good time. It's working for now. We can just keep doing this until it doesn't. I respect that. Thanks. Okay. So anyway, on to bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. I was editing my manifesting course earlier and I came across something that I want to share with all our Delulu besties. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, Avery, our medium. Well, I guess my medium. Yeah. I don't know. Like. I've seen her once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that went downhill. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. But okay. Yeah. So, okay. When I first met with her, I was like, help me figure my life out. Like, why am I miserable? Why do I hate my career? And she explained to me how I was in my masculine energy 
out of defense mechanism. And so I needed to step into my feminine energy in order for things to fall into place in my life. So how was a defense mechanism was because my parents got divorced. And so then my mom had to, she didn't have to, but what she ended up do, choosing to do was to step into her masculine energy and go into control mode. Like, oh fuck, now I'm a single mother of three kids. Like I have to figure out a way to provide mm -hmm. and masculine energy is like the provider. And my mom could have used her natural talents and stayed in her feminine energy and probably have been happier and made more money. But I mean, whatever she made enough money, she provided for the whole family. But Avery was like, you like are so uptight, like type A is just a defense mechanism. Like you don't need to be that uptight and controlling every little detail in life. Like you can just relax mm -hmm. and let things happen on their own. That's like stepping into your feminine energy. And then when you can relax, then you'll figure out what your natural talents are, what your creative interests are, and then you can build something authentically from that place for your career. But like when you're just worried about providing, like I got to make money and it's very, okay, hey, let me apply for a job. Let me go into corporate life. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Am I explaining it? Yes, I'm, good. I'm following. Okay. Yeah. So... What I was explaining in the course is it's all about manifesting. So with manifesting, whatever it is that you are wanting to attract into your life, whether it's love, abundance, romance, friendships, money, it's all a form of abundance. And abundance just means there's enough of everything in the world to go around for everybody. Mm. And mm -hmm. in order to receive that, though... You have to, what I was just saying, be in your feminine energy, like relax, let go. You can't control everything. Like you yeah. can't try to control those things. You just have to let them come to you. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you also have to believe that you're worthy of receiving yeah. them because the problem is like they're going to, if you ask for it, it's going to come to you. But if you're in your masculine energy trying to control things, when they come to you, it's never going to be in the way that you expect it to. It's going to be come to you in disguise. And so if you're in a masculine energy where it's like, well, A and B equals C, the things that come to you in disguise, you're not going to be able to distinguish it. You're going to be like, no, 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 like it's not going to happen this way, but it will. Versus when you're just going with the flow, no matter what comes your way, you don't really think much of it. You're like, whatever. So the masculine energy, you're like ignoring things that could lead to what you want. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it does register with like your way of thinking this is how it should be or this is how it was go was going to do it and this is not lining up with what i thought yes. so i'm just gonna ignore this and go another route yeah because you're like yeah. oh no no this is not the answer like, i'm gonna find the answer myself they're yeah. just very closed off yeah the other part though about receiving abundance is you have to be in the present moment and it's a lot easier said than done. Obviously we've talked about meditating that'll help you be in the present moment mm -hmm. but then another part of it in order to step into your feminine energy and be present you have to work through all of your past traumas because your traumas keep you either stuck in the past or worried about the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that very well. I've <laughs> struggled with that my whole life. Abundance comes to you in so many different forms, like through people or things. And mm -hmm. so a very simple example could be if somebody wants to do like a business deal with you, you know, obviously through that you're going to make money. But say that you have trust issues from childhood trauma, then you're carrying your trust issues. If you haven't dealt with those and healed from them, then you're carrying them into your everyday life and you're probably going to be uptight and controlling. And when people try to enter your life, it's going to result in more money in a business deal. Mm -hmm. But like, you can't trust them, so they're never going to enter your life. So you're limiting yourself. Right, right, yeah. And you're probably also repelling people. Yes. Like good opportunities. Not, not just people, but like opportunities. Just your energy is... Like people can tell and, you know, they're not going to come to you or they're not going to be helpful for you in a, in that way. You know what I mean? Yes, if exactly. If they can like tell, maybe, maybe it's trust issues, maybe it's, you know, something like that, but it all stems from your unresolved trauma. Yeah. You're carrying yourself with a different energy and you're just showing up in a different way with all that trauma that you're carrying around. But when you are in like your true feminine energy and you're living in the present moment, then you're just like a cool, casual, relaxed, laid back person. And like people want to, your energy attracts them. It's magnetic and people want to be around you and work with you. And yeah. You know. And I never really understood that concept, honestly, until you taught it to me. And it, oh, it's cute. like, I get it now because I've been going through 
life recently, like just stopped worrying because, you know, I'm trying to start my own business and be able to quit my corporate job. And for a long time, I was just so worried about it. I was like, what if I don't make enough money? How am I going to pay my bills? I was just worried. I was thinking about every scenario of like how it would not work. Which makes sense. Yeah. I feel like on paper, it makes logical sense to react that way. Right. Like you, you see yourself, you see it as a good thing. You're like, oh, I'm being cautious, yes. not being like dumb with like my head in the cloud, just like jumping into something and going to like screw myself over and end up like living on the streets and all that. It seems logical and it seems like it makes sense. But once you really like are be able, able to be present and really just like cancel all that noise out, I guess. Yeah. And things just do start coming to you when you stop worrying. I really don't know how else to explain it besides that. It's just, you are, you're open to the opportunities that are going to get you to where you are. Yes. Like instead exactly. of worrying, now you are in a good headspace and opportunities, you're noticing opportunities that you just wouldn't have noticed before. Yes. And you're noticing opportunities within like people that you meet that you maybe would have not noticed before. Yes, exactly. And it's just like one thing starts leading to another. It's kind of like a magnet, I feel. Like you're just yes. like getting drawn closer and closer. That's like what manifesting is pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so people always try to make manifesting seem like it's like some woo woo thing. That's what I used to think. I was like, what is, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I'm never going to be able to do that is what I used to think. <laughs> yeah. It seems like almost witchcraft, but mm -hmm. I mean, it almost just actually makes logical sense. It's a smarter way to go about your life. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. And it's really just like trusting yourself, being really comfortable and confident with who you are. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you feel that way, that's when you can just be present and go with the flow. Cause you're like, Oh, I'll figure it out. I trust myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that you brought this up. It reminds me of a story, <laughs> something that happened this past weekend. Oh, literally yesterday. So I had a, a fling, like a one day fling oh. yesterday. Yeah. No, Scandalous. Yeah. Nothing serious. It was just like someone I had talked to before who was in town in Austin. So like we decided to meet up and like, you know, whatever. It was just like a little fling, a <laughs> one day fling. Yeah. But I was telling him about me wanting to start my own business. I don't even know like what fully what my business is going to be. I just know I want to work for myself and I want to coach people and help people. And I'm starting with doing personal training, which is something I've always been very passionate about. And I've been very confident about it lately. I haven't been worrying about, you know, getting enough clients or being able to like make enough money. Yeah, that's on my mind, but it's not something that's I've been worrying about that's like clouding my because mind. you're not even there yeah you're living in the present exactly, moment like, taking it one step at a time i realize like there's no point in me anticipating problems that aren't even yes. real yeah yeah like, like right I'm now making you're up stories. taking your test and that's all you need to worry about yeah yeah just one step at a time and also manifesting works that way too if i'm worried yes. about these things they're gonna happen because that's what i'm gonna attract yes and exactly so like, yeah it took me a while but i finally have gotten out of that and i've I've just been loving how I've been feeling, like not worrying. Aww. And then, yeah. So I, anyway, I said this to this guy and his immediate response was like, oh, that would be really hard. Like, it, like it's so personal trans, like it's so inconsistent like with your, I... with your clients. Like you, they may see you for a little bit, but then they're gone. Is like you it? never, I know it was like, it was very negative saying all these problems of why it would be hard or like a bad idea Ugh. and yeah now it just makes me realize he was coming from a place of his masculine energy and living in the future living in the future the worrying being too good yeah just too controlling it's like i couldn't have a job that like you have to rely on finding clients who may or may not stay with you he unless he makes a lot of changes but he's never going to be able to branch out and try to achieve like a some kind of goal that, yeah, yeah, for himself. He's, he's letting his fears of the future prevent him from even getting started. Right. Obviously, he can. I changed. You changed. Like he can change. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But right now, like he's not the type of person that would be able to do that. And then I actually started worrying about it the next day, like today, actually, because uh, it's literally happened uh, yesterday. Like, which goes back to what's it called that you said on the last yes, episode? Yes, last episode we talked about pro projective identification. So it's like when someone they have some sort of insecurity or some something they don't like about themselves that they project onto someone else, which is literally what he did, what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, projecting his insecurities onto you. Yeah, and then like I, I was attaching myself to it because I, I've had the insecurity issues my whole life just because I've worked 
on them and in such a better place now doesn't mean that, like they're totally gone. They're still there. Well, yeah, and if someone's questioning you nonstop, you're gonna then be like, well, yeah, wait, and then, then like, pass. yeah, I started attaching myself. I, today I was thinking, I was like, well, fuck, like, what if he's right? I'm feeling better now. I know now I'm in a place where I'm not gonna like spend days and weeks and months, however long thinking about that and like it drag me down because I know how nice it has been to be like tapped into your feminine energy now yeah. so I'm not going to go back but yeah it did take me back for a little bit I was worried about it but yeah it's just it's so crazy we really do have to be so careful with who we surround ourselves with because even just one day that you hung out with this guy energies are so powerful yes. energy took over yours yeah and again this is something I would have not realized even last year if I had not done the work I've done this year this would have been something that I wouldn't have even seen it as a problem. I would have probably just believed what he said and let it kind of take over. Yeah. 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 And yeah. if we can do it, anybody can do this work. We're not special. No, we're not. Yeah. We're not like <laughs> geniuses. We're just normal people. Literally. Yeah. And I actually put it, a lot of what I've learned from therapy and all this manifesting stuff and just, I love psychology. I put it all into a course and anybody can take it. I'll add the link in the show notes so you can go check it out. But it pretty much summarizes everything that Danny and I have learned this year. So then yeah. all our Delulu besties can do it with us. Yes. Everyone go take the course, purchase it. I took it. It was amazing. And yeah, Thanks. I've learned so much and it's really, yeah. I mean the headspace I am in now, like this feminine energy, energy, has come from your teachings Aww, so cute. yeah it works everyone so yeah. yeah it sounds delusional but yeah it works so yeah. whatever yeah so i used to live in the past all the time i didn't realize i was because that stuff is subconscious until you do the work yeah. to realize it there is so many people out there living in the past and they don't understand that that's what's happening and that's why they feel the way they do i feel like there's definitely people out there that have the same issues and they have just kind of convinced themselves that nothing's wrong and yeah, yeah. so or they it, blame it on others you can very easily yes. be angry or insecure but you just blame it off the surface level thing that's right in front of you you don't realize it's deep rooted yes and i feel like those are the people i have i feel the the most bad about because like they can't even recognize it's sad that it there's something they need to work on. They're always going to blame other people. At least if you know you're feeling sad, you're just not sure why. You have some awareness. At least you know you're sad. Yeah, you know you have this feeling and you know it's like not some because of someone else. Uh. You just don't really know what it is. So, you know, I, I feel like almost everyone has that to some degree. I know we beat this dead horse all the time. <laughs> From your childhood, so how you were raised, because... Yeah, if you think about when we were born as babies, we don't have any insecurities. We don't have any, yeah. like, reservations about anything. All babies know they just want what they want. Like, they want food. They want milk. They want, you know, when they get a little older, they want affection and love. And then eventually, like, they're interested in this type of toy or they're interested in this subject. They just want these things. They don't know about judgment. At yeah. least right at the beginning. Yeah, they're born with like a neutral, clean yeah, slate. Yeah, they just in, like what they like and they enjoy things that bring them joy. And then for most people, what happens is most, mostly from their parents, majority of the time, but also through maybe like peers, society. Religion. We'll, yeah, religion, a number of things, media, but mm -hmm. we'll start telling them, but for the most part, parents, but they'll start, start telling child like, making them feel bad about enjoying or wanting the things that they want. And it doesn't even have to be being mean about it or being aggressive parent about it. It could just be, oh, you want this type of food? Like, oh, that's an unhealthy food. We don't eat that here in this household. And then those are the type of people that will start feeling ashamed about wanting to eat. And then that can yeah. lead to like an eating disorder. That's just one example. Or like a boy who is maybe interested in dolls or girl clothes or something and his parents are not okay with that yeah, like we don't do that yeah like, he's going to be made to feel like something's Ashamed, wrong with him like yeah. you shouldn't be wanting those things as opposed to a parent who would have just like let their kid enjoy what they want yeah this kid you know a kid like that's gonna grow up and have well they're not gonna have those insecurities first of all they're gonna be confident they're gonna like whatever they want to do with their life and what they want to enjoy with how they want to spend their time. They're not going to have any like, hang-ups. They're going to be secure with who they are. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're not going to second guess themselves. Right. There's a million examples I could use, but just think about that, how parents will traumatize their kids and it doesn't have to be in like an abusive way or like yelling or throwing things. It could just be as much as... you've been conditioned. Yeah. It's just much as being a strict parent that does scar a child in a, a, a way and it's not like the worst type of abuse i wouldn't call it abuse it just turns into trauma for the kid as opposed to society always sees parents who are strict and i feel like we may be growing a little bit out of this but parents who discipline their kids um, who ground them and like praise yeah make sure they have a curfew and make sure they're not doing this and not doing that on a leash that's like oh that's a good parent they're raising a kid who's going to grow up and they're going to know the rules and they're going to like yeah yeah but that's actually kind of the opposite is what i'm coming to learn is like more parents who are more free-spirited or maybe i'm sure a lot of people would see them as shitty parents maybe even like they don't discipline their kids you know the kids kids are kids they're going to act out yes they're going to act out regardless most of them are definitely obviously keep an eye on your kids like yeah you know try to help make them make the best decisions possible can't just like let them go out doing whatever they want like doing drugs but also if you are understand that they're kids yeah but the discipline it doesn't have to be so intense those kids like they're just meant to to feel that it's okay to make mistakes right that's how life works yeah there's a way to discipline your kids without spanking or like grounding or like yelling or how kids like oh i I could never tell my mom all right like if my mom found out that she'd kill me like it that couldn't shouldn't be a kid's reaction yeah no it needs there needs to be more compassion more understanding like empathy so parents who are maybe shitty parents that society would see them as those kids actually grow up to be better off i think oh i agree they'll go after what they want they'll be who they are because they weren't ever made to feel ashamed of who they are yeah oh my biggest pet peeve in life is how anyone is allowed to be a parent yes the majority of them should not be no and okay i know this sounds so ridiculous because henry is my dog but he (laughs) is literally my son yeah when i got back from portugal a few days ago he was kind of acting out and like he escaped from the house one day. I had to drive around the neighborhood and look for him. Typical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> classic Henry. He ran off on the hike. He'd been doing so good lately. Because mm. he used to run off as a puppy, obviously. But now he'll, like, stay by my side. And, yeah, he just ran off, gave zero fucks. And then he picked a fight with his friend, Rocky, another <laughs> little dog. So I was telling my mom and her husband about it in our group chat. Like, oh, my God, you guys. Henry's been acting out ever since I got back. He's being so crazy. And... My mom's husband's response was, oh my gosh, he needs to be grounded for life, which is such a classic response from our parents' generation. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I was like, no, this is the problem with the way that y'all all raise children. You have to be emotionally mature enough to realize Henry obviously is a kid and doesn't know how to communicate his emotions to me. So I have to be emotionally mature enough to realize like, oh, he's only misbehaving because he missed me and he's asking for attention yeah so by acting out i'm gonna have to give him attention when i was running around or driving around the neighborhood looking for him when he escaped and then when i finally found him i just hugged him and i was like i'm so sorry i missed you too i love you whereas my mom back in the day would have yelled at me she wouldn't have hugged me and told me she loved me she would have been like you're grounded for the rest of your life yeah that's exactly what you're saying when you do that repeatedly to a kid then it makes them feel ashamed for having emotions and for missing you and for wanting to love you and for wanting attention and then they're just going to suppress that they're going to think like oh that's not okay and then they go into adulthood and they've suppressed it so long that they don't even realize that the reason that they're so closed off and have trust issues is because of that yeah I, I mean, I'm sure people are probably thinking it might be ridiculous that we're <laughs> using a dog as an example, but it's not because humans are animals too. Like, yes. this is how animals function. And just think of Henry as a little kid if you don't want to picture it as a dog. Because yeah, I mean, he is thing. a kid. Like, he doesn't yeah. have like a human brain. He literally acts like 
how a baby would, yeah. you know? Going back to why we even brought this up, it's really hard, but just reparent yourself yeah. and go back. First, you have to identify what was I made to feel was not okay as a kid or what was I not given? Because that plays a big part into it yeah. too. So what were you not given or what were you made to feel was not okay? And then just, yeah, connect with that child that you were before you were conditioned to be so ashamed of yourself and what you liked and what you wanted. And once you're able to do that, like you're just going to start discovering all new things about yourself. Oh, first yeah. of all, like I discovered finally, I was like, Oh, the job I'm doing, I'm not supposed to be doing this job. I'm just doing this job because I was made to feel so ashamed that I couldn't, you know, couldn't do this or couldn't do that. It plays a big part to people's careers. Cause think, think about yeah. it. If everyone was able to do what they wanted to do when they were kids, First of all, there'd be like a million veterinarians and marine biologists. Yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if yeah. everyone was able to grow up where their parents were like, oh yeah, you enjoy this. You want to do this Pursue job it. that, Go like, after what you, want. that you love. Yeah. Instead of ending up in like these soul sucking jobs. Yeah. Like, you no, know, you have to turn into this robot. You have to let go of your personality and fit this cookie cutter box and yeah. cookie cutter timeline. It's bullshit. I get like heated when I think about I how we've been so we don't have to be living life like this no you know it blows it's just, my mind I'm like how did society get here yeah just how like are we this terrible condition? decisions from generations before us have just like really fucked us over us and like us millennials and Gen Z even too I feel like have it the worst because yeah now we can't even afford to live or like buy a house for yeah. the most part most of us can't the system fucked us yeah so we're stuck with these with all this trauma, with all yes. these like old school ways of living. Yeah. And we're just kind of stuck. Yeah. And now we're having to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Which is what, which me is and why Karen we're are... like, let's manifest. <laughs> yeah. That's just why we, uh, we ended up on manifesting. But <laughs> this is why me and Karen are doing this podcast is because we like, we refuse to accept that. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, if you are happy with the job you have and it's not necessarily something you love doing, I'm not saying everyone needs to go and, pursue something else but i'm just saying if that's if that's really not what's aligning with you and once you kind of do the work and you realize because that's what happened to me like once i did the work i was realized like oh i can't stay in this job the rest of my life like this is not who i am then it's going to lead to something so much better yeah like, you don't have to be stuck and so mm -hmm. just like summarize what you were saying once you start nurturing your inner child, I know right now like you probably can't connect. How does my inner childhood trauma have to do with my career or all this, all these things? But once you get to the root of the problem and you fix that, then watch everything else in your life just magically fall into place, mm -hmm. and you'll start uncovering everything. Mm -hmm. We can get to a place like the world, society, of like everyone's doing something that they love, and we're all contributing in some way also but like, in order to do that we all have to do our own inner work yes yeah you have to do the work you have to kind of wake up we can't nurture your inner child for you yeah. you have to do that for yourself yeah and that's where i would love to be so that's like i was saying it's like Same. i'm not telling everyone to like start pursuing something else right like you know if you have a job right. you enjoy like stay there do the inner work but i honestly believe you will figure out what you want to do and you'll realize like oh yeah, I don't have to work this job that I thought I liked or I thought was going to get me through life. Yeah, because like, then can, you realize, yeah. oh wait, I don't actually like this. I just, everyone else, society, my parents, everybody else told me that I would like it. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of adopted that belief, but I actually hate it. Yeah, yeah. Reparenting, it's it's really yeah. hard. And it takes a lot of work yeah. and patience and yeah. dedication. It's hard because you have to train. You're like rewiring your rewire, nervous yeah. system. Just ways that you've always been thinking. But yeah, the goal is just to go back to that child before mm -hmm. they had all these beliefs in their head of what was wrong. Yeah, and it's what the was answer right. to everything. For those wondering maybe how they can reparent themselves or nurture their inner child, what advice would you give them? I actually wrote a book on this. My book, Manifesting a Size Zero, it actually had nothing to do with weight loss. It had everything to do with nurturing my inner child mm -hmm. because I realized I had to sit down and 
really think, and I did this through journaling. Okay, why do I want to lose weight? And why have I always been a little self-conscious? I would say I've always you know, been a good enough size. Like I've never been overweight, but I still have always been a little insecure. I don't know if guys are like this or if it's just a girl thing, but we're always just so hard on ourselves. Like we'll look in the mirror and I don't do this anymore. After I parent or nurtured my inner child, all of this went away. But I know a lot of girls are like this where you look in the mirror, you're just, you're like, oh, gross. But then you'll look at pictures a few years later and then you're like, oh shit, I thought I was gross then, but I would rather look like that mm -hmm. versus how I do now. Are mm -hmm. guys like that too? Uh, I have, yeah, I have been like that. And I'm sure, I'm sure they are too. Everyone's hard on themselves and it's has true. that uh, to some extent. Okay. So I had to do that when I was trying to manifest losing weight. So I was like, why, why did I even get to this place to begin with where like, I'm not happy with who mm -hmm. I am because when you're manifesting, you want to try to embody that person that you're trying to become. So if I wanted to have my dream body and have abs, I was like, okay, well, how would that person act? Well, that person would be really confident and secure with who they are. So then that's what made me realize, oh, wait, am I not confident and secure mm -hmm. with who I am? So then I was like, well, why am I not confident and secure? I thought I was. I've done beauty pageants. I've done dance teams. I was popular in high school. I've always had a lot of friends. I've been outgoing. So I didn't, I never stopped to really think about maybe there are some insecurities in there that I've never paid attention yeah. to. So it took a while, a few weeks to really get down to this. I would just ask over and over in my journal, what is it that I'm looking for? Am I just looking for external validation? Why am I insecure? Where does this stem from? And I narrowed it all the way back to my childhood. So neither one of my parents are really emotionally mature. I mean, they say that they love me, but they're, they don't even really love themselves. Like they have their own insecurities and traumas to work through before they could really be emotionally available. Mm -hmm. Like the way that I am for my dog, where yeah. I like acknowledge you're wanting love for me. I'm not going to punish you for that. So when I would get reprimanded in childhood for acting out or whatever, but it really was like I was seeking more love and attention from my mm -hmm. parents. I've gone deeper into this in a previous episode, so you guys can go back and listen to that. But I just didn't get the love that I needed. And so it reflected everything starts internally and it, everything in your external reality is just a reflection of how you feel on the inside and what's going on internally. So because I didn't feel good enough and worthy of receiving love, I obviously didn't give myself enough love and it reflected in my way and I wasn't like super secure with who I was. So rather than focusing on the gym, I shifted the focus to just focusing on figuring out how to love myself mm -hmm. and part of it was almost like tricking my brain I just would start being nice to myself so rather than looking in the mirror and being like oh this is disgusting I don't like the way that I feel I'll just be like you know what Karen you're doing great you look fine and it was kind of weird at first because I was so used to like hating myself that I didn't even believe it when I'd be like Karen you're still beautiful like you're great that's how you rewire your nervous system eventually one day I just kind of believed it. it yeah, yeah. and then I would go back and think of times in childhood where I was sad and now revisiting those times as an adult, I would be able to see it from an adult perspective and be like, oh, that little girl was actually so sad or she actually was acting out because she just needed to be loved and yeah. she missed her parents and wanted their attention. So then I would go back and journal to her and be like, I love you so much. Like you deserve all the love and the world and the attention. You didn't deserve the lack of love that you got as a child but like i'm gonna give it to you now i'm gonna be nice to you i'm gonna stop shaming you and mm -hmm. your body and so before i knew it i eventually just kind of stopped obsessing over like wanting a dream body and then before i knew it one day it just hit me i looked in the mirror and i was like oh shit i have abs i didn't even yeah. realize it because by that point i had stopped obsessing over my body and i just was so comfortable with who i was and i loved myself that I didn't need the abs anymore to validate me. Mm -hmm. I had already validated myself and my inner child. Mm -hmm. So I'll include the links in the show notes for both my book and the course. I explain all of this and how you can like reparent yourself in there too. Yeah. I love that. I think, yeah, it was pretty much the, 
very much similar situation for me. And yeah, I think the, the key is just journaling is going to help you a lot about what it is that you are unhappy with. And I'm, I pretty much guarantee you you're trying to find an answer as to why you're unhappy. What you think it is is not what it really is. Like it takes a lot of work to really get to the root of the issue. Like you said, mm-hmm. you may think it's this, this reason, but then the more you journal about it and think about like it, you're like, it more. yeah, you're like, where is that coming from? And then where is that coming from? It'll start probably being more superficial stuff. Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. But you can't think superficially about it. You have to like really start thinking about the layers to it. Same thing happened to me. I used to think I was very uninteresting, untalented, and like oh, boring. That breaks my heart. Yeah, and, like, and I would think getting attractive was going to fix that about yeah. me. And I thought that was the answer. And that's like the most superficial reason. But then, well, I got attractive, I guess, and like I'm still not feeling any better. So I had to go back. It's like, well, why did I want to feel attractive? Oh, I've always felt like. I wasn't good enough and well why do you think you weren't good enough and went all the way back to my childhood and some it's always dad issues for the most part isn't it as a kid I was like we talked about earlier born as like a happy child didn't know anything about judgment or or anything and I was being myself and my dad was always all I can really remember is him yelling and being mean there was some physical abuse in there at some point like he didn't nurture you I was just interpreting that as like oh I can't be this person that I'm who I am basically because my dad's telling me it's not okay. So it's not yeah. okay. That's the only way a kid's going to interpret that. And I know yeah. we've talked about this before in other episodes, but yeah, what really helped me if you're looking for somewhere to start with journaling and it's awkward at first, is just talking, literally typing like a note to your childhood self. Yes. Telling him it's okay. And you love them. You're so sorry that they had to go through that and they yes. were made to feel like that, but that, you know, that's not the truth. It never was the truth. And you realize that now, and we're going to be okay. You can stop worrying so much and stop feeling like you're not this or you're not good enough. You eventually, yeah, like you said, you just start believing it. And going back to how you were saying when you started nurturing your inner child, then you figured out what you really wanted to do with your career. Mm -hmm. It's because rather than feeling empty because you didn't get enough love from your parents once you give it to yourself and you fill your own cup that that's empowering so then once you're empowered then you can go out and take action in your life yeah yeah exactly the way that you're living life now by society is fine it's all mediocre lives but if you want to live a fulfilled life Mm -hmm. then manifest exactly manifest (laughs) that's why we're here and that's where we want all of you guys to get Okay, well, that's all we have for you guys this week. We love y'all so much, Delulu Besties. Hopefully my man, Shaky Cracky Boys, didn't kill you. (laughs) Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.